Let's just say we could collect all the plastic polluting the environment tomorrow. Then what would we do with it? Comprised of toxic chemicals and having a lifespan of over a thousand years, plastic is by no means an easy material to safely dispose of, let alone recycle. If only there was a way to magically turn plastic into something that could be put back into the environment and help it recover from the damage that plastic once caused in the first place. Well, there may just be a solution that does exactly that, mealworms. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake, and in today's preview, I'll be speaking with Mark Lacroix about his truly unique and slightly gross method of transforming plastic into productive organic material. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, president and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Mark. Thank you so much for joining us today on Preview of Tomorrow. And of course, I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers for joining us as well. Uh, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Mark Lacroix, uh, the co-founder of Worm Generation. Uh, Worm Generation is a company that has found a 100% natural way to convert plastic to organic material. Yes, I said plastic to organic material. Now, Mark, before we jump into what that really means, because um, that's a big statement, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and how this became a passion of yours. Yes, hello. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, so I'm Marc Lacroix. Um, I, I, I come from consulting. In fact, I have 15 years of experience. And I discovered this project launched by my partner, Vincent, which is not here today, but working also on this project. He launched it uh, one year ago, and I saw the huge impact that uh, uh, this project can provide to the planet, and uh, that's very important for me. Uh, so basically, I'm here for, for that. Uh, for this project, I, I think I will explain what we do, but uh, the impact we can have on the envi environment uh, is very important for, for us, and that's why we are today. So on, on Preview of Tomorrow, we have talked a lot about in, in various episodes about this, the global issue we have with plastics. Uh, we've talked about the fact that, you know, every bit of plastic that's ever been created is still sitting here on the planet. Um, so much of it sitting in our oceans to the point where uh, there's predictions that in, in just a few years, frankly, um, we may have more plastic in our oceans than fish. I mean, the problem is real. Um, plastics have certainly transformed in many ways the way humans, uh, you know, in, engage with the world, frankly. Everything from uh, how, how we package our foods to how we build packaging itself. Um, so it's it's... It's every part of our lives somehow seems to be affected by plastic. Um, but let's talk a little bit about um, this challenge. And, and then I want to really spend more of our time talking about what you've created because there's a lot to it. Um, although what I, one of the things I love on the surface is how simple it seems. So first of all, explain to me what is your big fear when it comes to plastics and, and what this means to the world today? Yeah, sure. Sure. 
So as you may have heard, uh, 9 billion tons of plastics have been produced over the last 50 years, and uh, only 9% have been recycled. The rest is uh, incinerated or landfilled. So if nothing is done, there will be more plastics uh, in the ocean than fishes in 2050. For example, in France, more than 150,000 tons of polyurethane are generated each year, and only 10% are recycled. These numbers are still growing uh, each year by more than 5%, and the only solution today, as I said, are landfilling and incineration. Therefore, there is a worldwide need for clean, local, and ecological solutions that can address uh, this challenge. Um, so this is the, the, the big challenge, the first challenge we want to, to address. And if I can add a point, we have a second sure. challenge. It's the demand for effective animal protein. Um, in fact, by 2050, the global food production will need to increase by more than 70% because of the increase of our planet's population. And yeah. only with uh, more than 5% agricultural land. So, of course, um, we have this huge need of uh, protein. And besides, uh, farm animals consume 25% of the world's protein in the aquaculture because you use uh, these fishes to... Uh, to feed other fishes. It's uh, completely a nonsense, and that's why some uh, solutions have to be seen around uh, animal protein, and that's why we are also here today. So that's a very good point. I am glad you made that, um, because there is no doubt the world's population is growing, and to continue feeding us, uh, we're going to need that increase in production. So I mean, Mother Nature has has so many solutions um, that, uh, you know, she has created on her own. And I have to be honest with you, I was shocked to know that uh, Mother Nature created a solution for plastics as well, that you have discovered and in, in are now transforming into a scalable solution for uh, really recycling plastics or, or at least uh, repurposing yes. <laughs> plastics. Um, tell us a little bit about what worm generation is doing yeah, and how it's being done. So first of all, it's not, uh, I will be transparent, it's not worm generation that found out that uh, Mother Nature has this uh, big solution. From 2015, more than 20 scientific uh, studies of well-known universities, such as Stanford in the US, have demonstrated that mealworms biodegrade plastics, safely live exclusively with this type of food, and do not bioaccumulate pl plastic in the food chain. What is important to understand is that thanks to bacteria in their gut, uh, mealworms destroy completely plastics. Therefore, you will not find any kind of plastic in their organism after this process, nor in their dejecta. Moreover, mealworms like to eat plastics because the chemical treatment in their gut generates energy that they like so they are looking for this type of feed. It's uh, very magic. Wow. So, I mean, really what you're talking about is worms, mealworms, specifically eating plastic, generating the electricity or sort of the energy, or not electricity, the energy that they need uh, to survive, while also eliminating the plastic itself. Yes, exactly. 
So I, I suppose that brings us to um, the second issue and the byproduct of this process. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that which is left behind by the worm. Um, tell us a little bit about that and, and, and its value. Yeah, sure. So uh, we spoke about uh, the plastic recycling. We spoke about animal protein. And uh, the third, I would say, uh, revenue stream, we'll speak about this after, is their dejecta. So uh, we can also use their dejecta as a fertilizer, as biological uh, fertilizer, natural fertilizer for farmers. It's a very good source uh, also. So even that dejecta will be used uh, to uh, for, for the nature, in fact. All right. So... I, as I said, one of the things I love about this is is how simple it seems, at least on the surface here. But tell us now a little bit more about what does this mean in practicality? What, you know, how do you deploy a solution like this? Exactly. What does it look like? Where does it go? Yeah, sure. Um, so, in fact, uh, when my partner discovered these studies one year ago about the worms, Uh, he decided to launch a project. Uh, he started by doing some uh, lab experiments uh, to validate the great power of mealworms. Uh, and uh, we came up after that with a solution. Worm Generation offers uh, end-of-life plastic processing services to business and communities. Uh, so that can be waste management companies, construction companies, plastic industries. We'll collect plastics such as uh, polyurethane, polystyrene, polyethylene, and give that to our mealworms. So give that means we need mealworm farms where our hundreds of millions of mealworms will eat and biodegrade this material as well of, uh, as tons of food uh, byproducts. A portion will be kept for the breeding and the rest will be, as I said, sold uh, to, um, to other clients It's a very good source of animal protein, and the third revenue stream will be fertilizer. So we will develop small farms close to plastic sources to limit the logistics, which is one of the main ch challenge in plastic recycling. This farm will be easily duplicated uh, thanks to a low-tech breeding. These farms will also be profitable, as I said, thanks to the three revenue streams I explained. Uh, and globally, we expect a net result per farm of 250,000 euros per year for a small farm of 600 square meters. Sorry for these numbers, but globally, this is the uh, what what is the the net income expected for one farm. And of course, will the objective is to do, not to have one farm, is to have a lot of farms. Uh, so when I said a lot, it can be 10, 20, 1, 100. Uh, we can also sell our model as a franchise. Um, this is understudied at, at the moment. We can uh, sell our technology as a franchise to other people who, who will do the same as us. So do you see this as, as more independent farms or is it, um, you know, at recycling centers, they would kind of Add, add a farm to their their space? Uh, I would say the, the best solution for us is that we use a franchise. So we sell our patents, our pro, our technology, our expertise on breeding to people wanting to develop uh, their own projects. 
um, and uh, that would be the, the best way for us. And uh, basically, these farms ideally must be close to the sources of plastic, so, so to close to construct uh, to buildings, uh, close to uh, yeah waste companies and so on. And and give us a sense of of you know how much plastic we're talking can can be consumed by yep. these mealworms. <laughs> So one farm of 600 square meters can recycle two to three tons per month, which means, let's say, 25 to 35 tons per year for one, far, one small farm of 600 square meters. And that can also generate a, a revenue of 250,000. Is that what you said? Exactly. That's incredible. So do these farms, I mean, obviously... Space is a, 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 the issue here, but assuming you had more space, is there a, a, a reason why you couldn't have a bigger farm? Um, yeah, I would say the logistics, the idea is to be close to the sources of plastic uh, because uh, instead uh, the polystyrene is very big uh, in terms yeah, of yeah. Uh, compared to the kilograms, the, to the weight. So um, it's one of the big issues in recycling. It's the logistics. So we want to be close to uh, sources of plastic. And that's why we want to, to have small farms easily duplicable close to the sources of plastic. Got it. Yeah. So it's, a, it's a, an opportunity on many, many levels, um, not the least of which is, is dealing with this issue of plastic. So... I'll ask you, looking out 10, 20, 50 years from now, um, what what kind of impact are we talking about, you know, for an individual, for a community, or, or for the entire planet in our environment? Yeah, so the, the impact in terms of recycling uh, could be super big. If we can deploy our technology in terms of breeding and we do a franchise all over the world, let's say we we can expect to have uh, 1,000 clients in 20 years. Uh, so 1,000 farms, uh, maybe of uh, 600 square meters. Uh, and uh, then uh, with 1,000 farms, your, your impact could be 1,000 multiplied by 20, which is 20,000 tons of polystyrene, which are recycled thanks to the nature and completely natural uh, in 20 years from now. So we, that's a big number. And also, uh, as I said, we will provide uh, natural protein, which is also very important in our business model. Uh, it's also more or less uh, two tons of uh, insect protein per farm per month. So it's also more or less 20 tons. So same, mm -hmm. we have 20,000 tons of uh, insect protein provided to the, to the world, which is natural and much more efficient than cattle breeding. That's that's very important. We didn't mention that, but uh, the yeah. the same amount of protein you need uh, 2,200 times less water and 10 times less uh, surface than uh, for cattle breeding. So really? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, that's another issue you're now talking on that's that's huge and that we have talked about on preview of tomorrow is just the the water situation we have in, uh, on the planet and that only 1% of our our planet's water is actually drinkable. Um, so what, I, I'm, was it over 2,000 times less water? Yeah, sure. And uh, when, you, when, you breed, when you do breeding with insects, uh, 
uh, it's 2,000 times less uh, water needed than uh, for cattle. So it's very big. And uh, everybody wow. in 20 or 30 years will eat insects protein for sure. Uh, well, that's another uh, topic we're not going to talk about today. <laughs> but it's very interesting. And the Euro European Union just opened the human market for this kind of protein in May 2021. So it's a huge also market for us in the coming months and years. Wow. I didn't realize that. That's very interesting. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so much for, for joining us today on, on Preview of Tomorrow. Um, you know, it really is a, a fabulous solution you've developed. Um, so simple on, on the surface, as I said, and but yet yeah. so impactful. Um, and uh, frankly, um, I'll call it revolutionary uh, in terms of dealing with this plastic issue that we have uh, on this planet. Um, so if anybody does want to learn more um, or be in contact, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so they can, of course, contact us uh, on warmgeneration uh, at gmail.com. So quite quite easy or... Uh, yeah, I think it's the best way. Or contact us on LinkedIn also. We have a Warm Generation LinkedIn, Facebook. So they can uh, write to us if they have some question. Well, perhaps we have a, a future mealworm farmer listening to us right now. Sure, hopefully. <laughs> Mark, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you on Preview of Tomorrow. We look forward to your continued success. Thank you so much. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.